Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. Actually, I wrote a monthly 
prayers and fasting. And used to that even as a young Christian, growing up in the church, uh, my, my Christian walk, um, the church I went to, the pastor was always called the Church of God. From the very, very beginning, I was only saved a few months, and first night I fasted, it was a three-day fast, and then he told me that the next things were still, I think, so I was only saved a few months and had zero food, zero liquid, and by the third day, I was crawling into me. If you make every month, um, then I realized that the fasting is very important. I also wanted to remind you that I think this week is going to be And that's, that's, you know, the, the, the timing of me speaking today uh, goes along with that as well. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter, well, chapter 4, I want to talk about. And this is a bit exploratory right now. I'll begin before I get speaking and maybe teaching. And I raise my voice for the old preaching. <coughs> so, but uh, the book of Acts is, is fantastic. I love the book of Acts. And I, actually, I should turn to Acts chapter 29. We're going to get you all Acts chapter 29. We are living Acts chapter 29 right now. But Acts chapter 1 is the promise given. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Acts chapter 2 is the promise fulfilled. And whether in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came with a muddy, rushing wind and the evidence of, of tongues as a word, tongues and speaking of fire rather, and speaking tongues, and a boldness that just came upon the, um, the believers that they never had before. Acts chapter 3 is the evidence of that promise. And that's the healing of the man that was brought to the temple. Uh, who had never walked in his life. They have the promise given, the promise fulfilled, and the promise demonstrated. All through the first three chapters of Acts. And so this man who never walked before in Acts chapter 3, that's the famous line, for silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. And the man walked for the first time in his life. In Acts chapter 4 now is the defense of the demonstration. And that is where we are right now in our own walk right now, because we are in a place right now. The promise was made. Messiah is coming. The promise was given. It happened 2,000 years ago. It has been demonstrated for 2,000 years. Messiah is here. Here we are, friends, living our lives right now in the defense that we know that is true. And so here we are now in Acts chapter 4. And, and Jesus falls on the prophet, as it were, to give a defense. He's standing before the Sanhedrin here. Acts chapter 4. And it says, you know, look at verse uh, 5. It says, on the next day, the rulers and the elders and the scribes gathered together in Jerusalem. With uh, Annas and the high priest and, and Caiaphas, which, by the way, were at the trial of Jesus, who condemned Jesus. And then he has some other uh, characters here, too, John and Alexander. I'm not quite sure who they were, but they're all part of the high priestly family, as verse 6 tells us. And they sent them down in the midst of them, meaning Peter and John, to Guaya. And here's the thing by what power or by what name do you do this? In other words, by what authority? We just sang all these songs right now. In your name. Is the authority. In your name is the power. And that is the issue of the kingdom of God. It's authority and power. Christ's kingdom rests on his authority. He's a king. He's in the kingship. He's on the throne. It's authority. It's power. As a matter of fact, they, they, they kept asking Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? They saw the power. They saw the man being healed. They saw lepers being cleansed. They saw the blind seen. They saw the dead raised. And they said, by what authority? Not even giving glory to God for these miracles. Their question was, by what authority do you do this? And that's the issue, friends, the authority. 
interested in it just for a second, friends, go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And this is a lovely verse. Because you can translate this three ways, and the Greek allows you to do this. John chapter 1. But for those who believe and those who receive. John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who received him, meaning Christ, who believed in his name, so there's a believing and there's a receiving. You believe in Christ because you're not going to receive him and receive the truth. You can believe he was a man of time and space, he was a man of history. Demons believe in God, friends, and shudder. But they, of course, denied his, well, they, they dissed his lordship, but they didn't mean will bow, they will acknowledge that one day. But anyway, those who believe and those who receive, he gave them the right. And this word right can be translated three ways. Some of your Bibles may include this, depending what translation you have. They gave them the right, or gave them the authority, or gave them the power to be called a child of God. In Christ, friends, we have the right to call ourselves a child of God. We have the authority to call ourselves a child of God. And we have the power to call ourselves a child of God. That's why I said that, please, I don't kind of split hands on this, friends, but, you know, as soon as you hear people say, well, we're all God's children, we're all God's everybody, and that's not, I don't kind of split hands with that, but the truth is, friends, no, unless you are born again, you are not a child of God. We may all be God's creation and God's creatures, and that's true, and God saw what he had created and loved it, I was pleased with it, Yes, we are God's creation, but we are not all God's children. You must be born again. John chapter 3 verifies that. You know, you'd be born of water and of the spirit, and that which is flesh gives birth to flesh, and that which is spirit gives birth to spirit. So the thing about the authority, friends, we stand in a place that we have authority. But watch this now. The verse 8 that Jesus calls to account by what power or authority do you speak in this in these terms? Then Peter, filled with the Spirit, said anything, friends, if anything characterizes believing in Christ, it has to be that we are filled with the Spirit of God. That was, you know, we're born of the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, pray for spiritual baptism all through the church and through all, all for those who believe. It's not a certain, it's not being born again and again and again. No, it is an anointing of God that receives in Acts chapter 2 as a spiritual baptism received at Jesus. He was baptized with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And then he testified the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Friends, I pray that for my life and for your life as well, that we just say the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to speak to you. To mend the broken heart. And to, to, to bind those who are in, in captivity. And when Peter was filled with the Spirit, he was, he was filled with the Spirit in, in Acts chapter 2. But also chapter 3 and chapter 4. And friends, we need that, that constant filling, not to be born again and again, no. But ask God for a fresh anointing every single day. Give me today my daily bread, oh God. Give me today that fresh touch. Give me that fresh manna, Lord. I don't rely on yesterday's blessing, God. And your freshness. They once asked Charles Spurgeon, because he kept saying, you must be filled with spirit every day. And they said, you know, you know, Pastor Spurgeon, why do you need to be filled every day? He says, because I leak. And I leak. My flesh not only leaks, it leaks. I need a fresh touch of the kingdom of God. Not to be born again, no, I am born again. As Jesus washed the disciples' feet, Peter uh, said, No, you don't need to wash your whole body. He goes, No, I don't have to wash your body. You've been cleansed by the word. Those things that touch the earth, the things that touch the dirt, your feet are dirty, and you wash your feet. And it cleanses you every day. 
fresh anointing. Peter's filled with the Spirit. Because you need that Spirit filling for boldness. But not filling for the sake of yourself. Be standing to give an account to Christ. And you go to your job. You might go to your family. Maybe they're probably competition against you. You need to fill your body for boldness. And that's what actually Acts chapter 1 is all about. Because you shall receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power to be my witness. Then you shall receive my power to be saved. Son, you are saved. For we need the power, the anointing of God for power to be a witness. And the word witness in the Greek is the word martyr. You get the English equivalent of martyr. You have such a passion to follow God to win the battle. By the way, all those chapters say 26. And many since the last year or two. Matter of fact, the 20th century, more martyrs died for Christ in the 20th century than all the 19th centuries combined. And still today, the lady may have asked you to die for him literally, but he still is asking you to live for him. Now look at verse 10. So Peter filled with the Spirit. He must be filled with the Spirit. And he says, Let it be known to all of you. Hmm. To all the people, here at King of Faith, here in Holden, here in London, here worldwide, to all the people of Israel and beyond, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by the way, uh, and, and Christ were, disciples were there, as you crucified, because, you know, Christian life is a difficult twist. You know, I'm here because Jesus is, is, is crucified, and by the way, you did it. Or you were there because of it, you brought the crowd against him, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing among you. Friends, this is our Jesus. Jesus crucified, Jesus. I've been crucified with Christ, but yet I live. But not me. Why? But by faith in him, who died for me, who was like I am in that sense a dead man walking. Now, in fact, it's interesting, friends, just on a side note, there's only one person who can truly say, truly say, I've been crucified with Christ. Of course, that's the thief on the cross, who was crucified with Christ. And yet he lives. Today, you shall be with me. So even somebody who physically was crucified with Christ, and then, Armour 4, friends, who did not go that route of physically being crucified. Render ourselves dead in Christ, alive in Him. That's our testimony. That's the testimony Peter gave. Under fear of, of death, of certainly whipping, scourging, jail. But by Him I live. He goes on to say, friends, look at verse 12. Well, he just said, it's the proclamation of Jesus' name to the power of And in that name, we need faith. In that name, as a father. In that name, I pray in Jesus' name. That's the authority and the power. His name. And verse 12, friends, is, is, well, what's his name? <coughs> and there's no, there's salvation in none other, but um, in no one else. And there's no other name under heaven given among men which men must be saved. It's only through Jesus Christ and him alone. Friends, who knows this? I say this, I see it in his epistle. There's no problem for me to remind you of these things once again. It's his name, it's Jesus Christ. His name that, that, that takes the very core of death. It's his, it's his name that opens up every 
Yeah, you know, the portals you need right now in your life, the name of Jesus is going to come. With his power, with his name. There is no other name. Not Muhammad, not Confucius, not, not, not any other name. Again, other religions have prophets, right? Other religions quote, speak you know, prophecy in that sense. Matter of fact, the whole nation of, of Islam is based on a, a prophetic word from a false prophet. And billions now believe that. Not Confucius. Not Obama. Not anybody else. Well, Obama didn't say he's a prophet. People hang, hang out around him. Anybody. Man, man, or woman. Speak. One name in the heavens. I would remember. The name of Jesus. And speak that word. Speak that with authority. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Speak with the power of God. The gospel said that Jesus Christ came, lived, died, rose again, and came from heaven and born again. Let me verse 12, like I said before, and now 13. With that in mind, I'm just doing, and I had the whole seminar because we're doing this in a half an hour. Well, by him, this man, what's verse 12? And there's salvation no one one else. Know the name of the heaven among men, through the moment by which we may be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Because when they say they are uneducated, not the very least, not just Peter, Peter. Peter was a student fisherman, fisherman. They were good business. John was. was some aspects of being a scholar. Is that make sense? And he was one of the first disciples of Andrew, of John the Baptist. A very devout man. So they went, when you say uneducated, they mean uneducated in religious things. They talked to the Pharisees. They went to the Pharisees. They went to the priests. They went off to the, in our day and age, they went to the vicar school. Went to all these things. The theological colleges. They weren't men of that. They weren't men of letters. And it astonished them because the word of God was come to the Pharisees. Matter of fact, when, when Jesus laid, gave all of his, his accusations against the Pharisees and, and all his parables, when he mentioned the Pharisees, in the eyes of the Jews, they were the good guys. They're the ones that had the law. They're the ones that taught us what God was saying. Jesus said that. They were the same. They couldn't do what they do. But what they're teaching is correct. They're teaching the law of Moses. They understand these things. They were schooled. That's their life calling. Even Paul, who was the, the Pharisee of Pharisees, said, according to obedience to the of righteousness, according to the law, I was flawless. And these Pharisees are looking at these Christians. And there's a wisdom they have that we don't have. Friend God is going to give you a wisdom that you don't need an alphabet after the name of Christ. There's nothing wrong with theological colleges. I went I to one myself. And that's why I even encourage you to go to, if that's your calling, get as much knowledge as you possibly can. But what I'm talking about here, friends, is ABCs. You don't need a degree to talk about Christ. You don't need to go through all the like what you do need to, to, to understand the power of Christ, of his name in your life. To have your testimony first set up. How we get there because Christ in that name and the power has been saved. 
promulgated principle, you don't need a theological degree to understand it. Please pray to God. I stand here before right now. You know, long before we do Bible school, when I was just alone in the flat by myself in Hell's Kitchen, the chapter's office, calling out to Jesus to save my life. That thing to realize there's only one name of the head by which I need to save. That's the name of Jesus. And from that time, since so the Spirit of the Lord is the beginning of the ancient, we begin the Spirit of God. And that's what this for the man. And they responded the power, the wisdom of God, the baffled, even the leaders of their day, these people are uneducated, the common men. And they can't figure out why to be what they do. The courage and wisdom that comes just from being and from that time of life. What a tough thing. So we come together on Wednesday night and
tell you that a man with an argument is always at the mercy of the man with experience. You can, you, can, you can deny Christ all you want, but take a look at my life. I've changed. You can deny that Jesus doesn't heal, but look at the man who couldn't walk, and now he walks. The man standing next to him. In my life, I've seen so many in my ministry. I've seen so many lives just be changed. Radically. People may not believe in God, but they cannot deny Jesus Christ. The uh, husband's wife, the wife's wife, the my own family in my life. Most of my family do not believe in Jesus. I had my, uh, my special birthday 36 years last Sunday. 36 years of following Christ. And even my own father could say they're the last person that I think would ever be a pastor. Hi, Dad. They're the last person that I ever think would ever be a missionary. They may not believe in Christ, but they cannot deny You are the limit. Most people in London, friends, I think, among the millennials do not believe in God. And this country is being further and further away from God. It's not God forsaken, but it is a part of the land. They had, and that's why most of the missionaries from the 30s and 19th century, maybe even beyond, came up from these shores. And yet, this country now, God's giving missionaries into the land. I'm one of them. God is sending missionaries into this country. It's going further and further. And what they need to, especially when the young people are going to go to the church, too. They got a lot of time to do this. And they need freedom to do the work. They may not understand it, they may not even believe at the time, but they cannot deny the work that they see on it. It's people coming out. I'm sorry, people, but most of them are not going to die. And just see the walls come down. Amen? And so, after seeing that, they saw them. And look at this. So they, meaning the Pharisees, verse 18, they called them. So I want to come back. They had a little, a little powwow, and, they, and they're talking. What are we going to do with these people? We can't deny this, this miracle, but yet again, we kind of have to speak in Jesus. They brought them together, verse 18, and they called them and charged them, do not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, when it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must listen. Here it is, verse 10. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Oh, what a great testimony. By the way, they weren't, they weren't reverent to the fact that they got in the body. No, they obeyed the law. I will speak of God's presence. If it means, and it did, flogging, imprisonment, they obeyed, I will come under the law of the land, I will obey every civil authority in that sense, but I will not see my mouth shut in God's presence. It means that it's our job, submit. I'm not telling you just to be obnoxious on your website and get fired, no. What I'm asking you to do is to submit to him. Guys like Meshach and Abednego, they weren't so they weren't, you know, trying to tear down the government and everything else. Because the law was, you bow down, you hit music, or you will die. But here, I will obey the law. I will, I will die. I will not bow down. Daniel as well, chapter 6, same book. Do not pray. 
religion. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.